You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Give your business a litmus test. Hi, Dale Dixon here with The Game Changers and Jason Jennings. So good to have you with us today on the podcast. Jason, great to hear your voice as always. Uh, Dale, I love getting together with you and doing these things. Uh, They truly are a highlight for me. And this is going to be a game-changing one. I'm really looking forward to this because we're talking about culture and getting an idea of what the true culture in the company is. So when we talk about this idea of a litmus test, you're going to take us down that road. But first of all, before we dive in, let's start by talking about and and give us a review of the importance of culture and then, then tell us about this test you propose. All right. Well, I, it's very, very simple, and this is all based on research. So I never waste a lot of my time telling people what I think because what I think is probably no more important than what a lot of other people think, and maybe what they think is more important than what I think because they do it all the time. Uh, but we are the people who have studied 220,000 companies over the past 12 years. And so when I talk, I'm talking about the research. You can't get through studying 220,000 companies and write all the books I've written without coming to one big conclusion. And that one big conclusion is simply this. Anything, anything that any company sells, produces, manufactures, services, or does, someday somebody is going to do it better, faster, cheaper than you. Your competition can also steal your people. They can emulate and copy your supply chain. They can copy your marketing. So what is what do you own? I mean, if it's just your buildings you own, you're worth nothing. Uh, so what, what can a company own? I, I've come to the conclusion that there's only one thing that any company can own, and that is their culture. And for a long time, culture was seen as that soft stuff. Uh, send it off to HR if it's got anything to do with culture. But there is no business owner today or CEO who doesn't understand the vital importance of culture. And what I like to point out to people is this. In your department where you work, in your branch office that you manage, in your small business with 10, 15, or 20 people, or in your multinational company with 100,000 workers around the world. Every single enterprise has a culture, and it's one of two cultures. It is either a culture that the leadership of the company wants to have in place. They live it, are seen as living it. They celebrate it. They talk about it. They value it. So it's either that culture, and if it's not that culture, then another culture exists by default. And it's one you don't want. Because the other culture is, if you don't have one, the culture is everybody out for themselves, and the company be damned, I'm here for my convenience, not for you. You don't want to have that kind of culture. You want to have everybody unified around a culture, which kind of brings us to the litmus test. Hmm. Because nature abhors a vacuum. You you really you're gonna have a culture one way or another. Right. right, right. You are gonna have one. It's either the one you want or it's gonna be one that you don't want. Exactly. All right. So the litmus test. Is it as simple as four questions? Uh it's not even four questions. It's not four uh, questions. I, it, no, you don't even need all, all four questions, but I'll 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 take you through them. Okay. So here I was in a speech. Uh, and I'm sorry, not a speech. Uh, the company had me in for a half day with their with their senior leaders, um, and uh, a guy was giving me a tough time. And it's 
don't know if he was giving me a tough time and coming from a position of wanting to know or if he was trying to ask gotcha questions, but, uh, but, but our communication was getting a little tense. And I finally said to him, I said, look, if you've got the guts, do this. I said, how many people in your area of responsibility? And he said, I've got 100. And so off the top of my head, I said, look, if you've got the intestinal fortitude, take 10 little white blank index cards and go and give them to 10 people at random and ask them to answer the following questions. Define or express our culture in one sentence or less. That's number one. And number two, is it the culture we should have? I said, then tell them, don't write your name on it, change your handwriting so I won't know who you are, and then just fold them over and put them on my desk or my cubicle sometime later today or tomorrow. And what I told them was this, if all 10 little white cards come back to you and they all say, our culture is this, and they all say the exact same thing, and if everybody says, yeah, and this is the culture we need to have, I said, let me tell you something, you are winning. You are winning, and you will persevere. I said, but if these little white cards come back at you, and your culture is defined six, seven, or eight different ways, and if people express reservations about the culture you have, you are culturally challenged. So this, and he said, you know what? I'll do it. Well, it couldn't have been more than a week later that I got one of the nicest emails I've ever received in my life from this guy. It was very contrite. It was very apologetic. And he said, I'm sorry for giving you such a tough time about this. He said, I did the test of the 10 guards. And he said, I'm embarrassed to admit that no two cards describe the culture the same way. And he said, half the people questioned whether or not there was a culture. He said, clearly, we are culturally challenged. And as happens in life, um, you never know where the people you meet are going to bring you or the friends they're going to become or how your paths will intertwine again down the road. Uh, this guy has become someone who communicates with me, oh, maybe a half dozen times a year, and I always answer him, and we talk maybe tw once or twice a year. And it took this guy about 18 months to wear all 10 little white cards described the culture in the exact same way, and everybody felt positive about the culture. But as he said, it was some of the hardest work he's ever done. Because a leader, an executive, an owner cannot say, I hereby proclaim our culture to be this, and, and then assume that it's going to be done. You know, there's that old line, people respect what management inspects. Well, you've got to be constantly talking about the culture, constantly telling stories about the culture. And, and we'll come back in a future podcast again, and, and we'll talk again about the importance of storytelling, because nothing could be more important than to moving your culture along than continually banking away these incredible stories that really describe the culture you want to have, and then telling those stories w with complete frequency. So the litmus test really boils down. I mean, it's it's that simple. It is the it is. index card to at least ten. Or do you recommend everybody in the organization, or just keep it to ten? Or a ten is good, a good enough litmus test? Uh, you know, anybody can do. You know, many companies now are taking outside measurements. Uh, I, I I question the accuracy of a lot of these outside uh, measurement companies. Because by their very nature, I, I, I think a lot of outside consulting companies uh, are not as interested in delivering 
accurate results to the client as they are in feathering their nest and looking for further and future consulting opportunities. And the other thing that happens is none of the questions on any of these forms that I've ever seen, um, you know, there's got to be accountability. But, but none of them, none of the questions are phrased in such a way that a finger would get pointed at somebody in leadership for not having done their job. I'm sorry, I love the little white card test, you know, whether it's 10, whether it's 20, whether it's 5% of the workforce, I mean, whether it's a half dozen people, I don't think the number matters. I, I think what matters is that it's anonymous, it's extraordinarily simple, and that you as a leader understand that it's your job to build the culture. It's not an outside consulting company coming in to, I mean, to take your people through lots of training exercises to get them on board the culture. I'm not saying the change consultancies can never be of value. I'm sure at some time they're appropriate. But it is the responsibility, if we accomplish nothing else in this podcast, if the conclusion occurs to a manager, a leader, somebody who wants to be a leader, that the culture is my responsibility. So let's begin measuring it. Then it's not important how they measure it. It's not important if they measure it with little white cards or if they bring in somebody from the outside. But it's taking ownership as a leader or as somebody who wants to lead. You own the culture and your responsibility is to move it through the organization and to constantly measure it to make sure it's happening. It takes a bit of intestinal fortitude. I, you talk about a culture based on a big, noble purpose. Because I know that there are some people listening, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the litmus test, but then what? What if no two are alike? So I'd like to give give folks at home something that they can take away with them to say, okay, here's, here's how we start getting more alignment uh, among those white cards so that I, I see more of a consistent pattern rather than a shotgun well, approach. To yeah, yeah. Well, okay, let me, let me give you a good example. Uh, this past week, uh, I was in Chevron with the uh, top leadership of Chevron lubricants. And maybe you don't think much about lubricants, but it's obviously a multi, 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 multi billion dollar part of their business. They make the world go round. Right. And so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, do you want to say I work for Chevron and I'm in lubricants? Or do you want to say I work with Chevron and let me tell you what we as a group of people do. We make the world go round. Mm -hmm. We keep the world moving. Well, you know, I can't really get off on lubricants, but I can certainly get off and get very excited about keeping the whole world moving. So it's up to the leadership to, to take what you do, whatever it is you do, and wrap it in that noble purpose. That's how it becomes understandable, palatable, and how people go, aha, I get it. But it's, then it's, it's the it's reason for enough. going to work. Yeah, it's and it's not enough to announce it once. You've got to love it. It's, it's got to be your child. You've got to move it through the organization uh, with enthusiasm every single day. Hmm. And out of that, you're going to find a level of momentum because when people love coming to work, it's going to change the attitude, which then will change the culture, which then creates a level of momentum inside the organization. Then you can really start achieving some great things. And, and, and there's another positive thing that happens, to bring this to a close, uh, and I've seen this over and over and over again, and that is this. When you take what you do and you wrap it in, in, in that big, noble purpose, give it, give it a degree of nobility, be proud of it. I mean, Google, we're going to organize all the information in the world. I mean, Apple, I mean, we're going to change the way the world communicates. Um, Ikea Furniture, we design and build and sell furniture for the many not for the few. 
whatever that big noble purpose is. And when you celebrate it enough, talk about it enough, Dale, here's the added benefit that you get that you never even went into it knowing you'd get. If you talk about it enough, celebrate it enough, it's eventually going to get rid of all the whiners, whingers, complainers, and people that you don't want to have there anyway because they're going to say, I'm sick of this crap. I don't want to be around this stuff. I'm out of here. Thank God. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out, buddy. <laughs> uh, great way to close this out. And we're talking about the importance. And I, everybody is going to walk away from this podcast, I hope. And they're going to go get those white index cards. They're going to leave them on the desk. And they're going to ask, what is our culture in one sentence? And then is it, uh, should, is it a culture we should have? And those are the two questions for your litmus test. All right, Jason Jennings, thank you so much, The Game Changers. If you are listening to this and you appreciate what you just heard, would you go into iTunes, find The Game Changers, and rate it and leave a review? Two simple steps. Uh, You can choose the five-star option and then tell us why you appreciate The Game Changers. Also, drop Jason a question at questions at jason-jennings.com, the website address, uh, the email address, also the website address, jason-jennings. Com. Jason, and there's one more thing that people can do before you say goodbye. Please, they can they can pick their final their favorite podcast and send it to somebody, and let's get the word out there because what we're trying to do is we're trying to make everything better for everybody. Absolutely, great advice to close us out. Thank you so much, Jason. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thank you, Dale. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.